Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and believe it or not, we're still here. We have not passed on one way or the other. I am Ron Kolick, your host, gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, the unbelievable, the mystical, the magical, the macabre, and all that stuff. New England's own Van Helsing, and with me, all the way from the land of the cherry, is Steve Parson. The what? The land of the cherry? Yeah, I just threw that in there. Just see if you were listening. Oh, yeah. Hi from Japan. Yeah, there you go. So anyways, uh, we want to uh, thank everybody. We we got our first uh, two patrons last week when we did the show. And I, so we're going to give a shout-out to Susan Brown, who is number one, and Anna, who is number two. That doesn't sound good. All right. But anyways, we want to thank you guys so much, uh, Anna LaRoche. So anyways, we do have a guest today. And we do, but we still need to sort out this thing about the Patreons. We do? Yeah. This, this Van Helsing's Angels, it, it doesn't sit with me and Anne Carrigan. We're not happy. I don't really care. <laughs> anyways, moving right along. Hosts, hosts are like, uh, you know, tires in your car that can be replaced. So that's not a problem. Anyways, moving yeah. right along. And they, and, they, and they let you down when you hit the curb. Yeah, they certainly do. Anyways, <laughs> moving right along, if you want to become a Van Helsing Sable, since my co-host did uh, bring it up, you can join Patreon and uh, you get, well, anyways, go check it out. It's on our page, but I don't want to push so it. it. We have a guest. It's worth doing. Yeah, we we're, we're going to give you good content if you do, and uh, and uh, re- bring back the uh, morning show back too as well. So there you go. Anyways, we have a uh, guest on today. Oh, we've who, got a guest tonight, Ron. Yes, we do. And I am looking at uh, I'm looking at her right now from the cover of a program called Contact in 2005. And this was my first conference that I ever put on. It was at the Houghton Mansion. And uh, this young lady, Linda Zimmerman. Linda, are you there? Yes, I am. Hello. And you're, you're right on the cover in volume one of the Ghost Investigator, Hauntings of the Hudson Valley. Yes, that's quite a while ago. Yes, it was. So can you believe that? It's been like 2005. Wow. No, no. And I'm, I'm up to volume 13 now of, <laughs> of, of uh, the Ghost Investigator books. So, so oh, many hey. years, so many books. So wait a minute. See, that was 2005. So if you had 13 and that would bring it 2018, you're almost pushing out one a, one a year. Yes, close to it. Um, but then, you know, I, I have other books, too, that I was putting out. So I was often 
doing two books a year. So oh, God bless I've, you. I've, I've slowed down a bit. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Think of all those trees that you killed. I know. Well, at least I can go ebook now. So true. killing digital trees, I guess. <laughs> so if anybody wants to get a hold of any of these books, are they still available? Oh, yes. They're all on Amazon. So, Amazon. Uh, check it out. Linda Zinneman, 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 well, I never mind, I'm going to mess that up. Anyways, of course, you always caught my attention because there you were, I'm looking at the cover now, and you're standing there with the 1950s hat on, the, the tuxedo top, and a very short skirt, by the way. Uh, <laughs> standing in a graveyard. There, hey! <laughs> Some people like that. <laughs> <laughs> But you, since then, uh, you have I've seen your face quite a few times on TV. Much to my surprise, I mean, because I don't know why I said that, but it is. I mean, only because I hadn't seen you. You never expected me to be on TV. Backpedal, quick, backpedal. Yes, yes, we need an explanation for that. I mean, first of all, I barely watch paranormal TV, but. I've come across some shows that I never even knew and existed, and I've come across and, and seen what you, you on. I said, what, uh, I, what I know her. Yeah, <laughs> what you meant to say was, I barely watch paranormal TV. And so it was a great surprise when one day I found a paranormal show, and Linda was on it. No, that's not what I wanted to say, but that's fine. <laughs> well, at least there's one gentleman on the show. Thank you. <laughs> wow. The British were, were just born that way. Yeah, <laughs> they, don't, they don't know any better. Any, anyways, um, you, you have gone beyond uh, – there, there's so many things I want to talk to you about. Because I know you've gone beyond ghosts now, and now you, you're messing with UFOs. <laughs> I am messing with UFOs. You're just, you're just digging a deeper hole here, Rob. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know why I can, came on. I really so, don't. Yeah, I mean, Most you, people you say hear, that, by the way. You can hear the sound of spade on Earth, can't you, as you're talking? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's you been my... It's been my honor the whole thing to, progress, oh, God. <laughs> to progress to UFOs. And actually, I, I have to say, the reason I'm doing UFOs now is because every time I gave a ghost lecture, I get a few people coming up to me afterwards saying, you're telling me their UFO stories. And I'm like, why are you doing this? And they're saying, well, it's all related, isn't it? And uh, at the time, I didn't know what they were talking about, but the more I research UFOs, the more I realize it is inextricably intertwined with the paranormal. I like that. I can't even say it, but I like it. <laughs> I, I, I like ufology, and um, I, you know, I, I've always encouraged uh, ghost investigators to get heavily involved in uh, investigating UFOs. Because, I mean, back in the 60s, we had a huge movement, both sides of the Atlantic, uh, studying UFOs. And I would love that to be the case today. 
I would like thousands of these half-wits that you see stomping around haunted buildings. He's trying to get them out of the ghost world. You know that, yeah, don't you? Yeah, going to stand on, stand on hilltops and uh, leave, the, uh, leave the haunted houses alone. Yeah, I knew that Monster was going that the way. UFO. <laughs> well, I'm finding that people who have missing time or abduction experiences or really intense encounters suddenly start having usually poltergeist activity or at the very least become very sensitive to, to ghosts and spirits. Something happens that, I, I don't know, heightens their senses, Ooh. blows away some channels in their brain. I, I don't know what it is, but it's, it happens so often that it's, it's not a coincidence. Is it is it the is it the experience or is it the personality and the psychology of the person? Uh, because we have a very famous UFO case here in West Wales where I live. Possibly you've heard of it. It's the David Enigma or the West Wales Triangle or the Devil's Triangle, and it involved a, a family, uh, a, a farming family, and they had a very intense experience that lasted several months involving uh, visitors in spacesuits and spacecraft landing and animal abductions. And, I mean, the whole nine yards. But it, it transpired that the, the focus of the uh, UFO activity was uh, the wife who had the most encounters. And that uh, what wasn't known at the time uh, is that she'd also reported a number of paranormal experiences some years earlier, including the sighting of the uh, Jesus, uh, or uh, Jesus or the Blessed Virgin Mary, appearing in the window of a caravan. Um, and one has to wonder whether, is it something within the psyche or the psychology of the individual that, that has this effect, or is it the experience itself? You know, are people just more prone to possibly imagination? Yes, that, that is certainly possible. Um, I think people who are sensitive to the paranormal have a better chance of experiencing UFOs for some reason, but there are quite a few cases I've personally worked on where people had nothing, basically the sensitivity of a brick wall, and they suddenly had an, uh, you know, as I said, missing time, something really intense, you know, a beam of light coming down on their car. And then activity starts picking up in their houses that they describe as, you know, poltergeist activity, or, you know, they start going into homes, other people's homes and seeing spirits and, it it fundamentally changes them somehow. Uh, it's, I mean, there are many correlations between haunting cases and missing time or time doing unusual things. A case we, we investigated a number of years ago uh, had a missing time component um, and also the slowing of time, the way it was perceived. Uh, the, the witness described that... Uh, it felt like they were swimming in custard or treacle. Oh, that's very interesting because a psychic I work with, she describes as like moving through jello. Ooh, so, mm -hmm. 
very different similar. dessert, but the same. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the same as don't, don't, yeah. Just, just, I, if you live in a haunted house and suddenly you find yourself walking through your local uh, dessert, <laughs> so your favorite dessert. So UFOlogists use mediums and psychics as well. Um, usually not. Um, I the psychic I work with is for my ghost investigations. Um, but she's also fascinated by UFOs, and she is a prime example where she has had several um, very interesting close sightings over her life. So um, I, I just see this more and more that it's it's almost two sides of the same coin sometimes. That genuinely surprises me because uh, I, I thought you were going to say the opposite because there are many examples um, in literature and in history of psychics uh, interacting or claiming to interact with alien intelligences and uh, oh, there is alien, today. alien vehicles. In fact, we have a, a local medium whose uh, uh, spirit guide is... Uh, oh, Kia, I think the name is. They're from a they're from an alien world, and they're an extra, you know, an otherworldly intelligence. Um, I think I think didn't George Adamski also claim psychic abilities as well? But there have been, you know, I I really thought you were going to say many then. Well, not um, it, most of the researchers and I deal with. Um, are trying to stick to the science and right. there certainly are psychics who claim to have communication but um i think over here it is it is quite frowned upon right. um you know when you're and and honestly in my ufo research i really try to stick to the facts and and n- of course, the paranormal will pull me in when it needs to, but for the most part, um, I don't mix the two. What was your take on the uh, U.S. Navy's recent revelations then? What, this life on Venus? Uh, uh, no, with about the, the act of war? No, no, no. They haven't declared war yet, have they? Uh, no, no, no. The... no. The, uh, 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 Fravor who was the uh, pilot who saw the Tic Tac UFOs. Uh-huh, that's what um, I'm referring to. He just two days ago came out and said that during that encounter, this Tic Tac UFO basically disabled his radar system, which he is now stating to him is an act of war. And that to, that just escalated this entire case going from a, you know, a real curiosity, uh, what is this object buzzing our jets, to now, you know, a distinguished pilot saying he considers it an act of war. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering what other information is going to come out now. Is this why the Pentagon is um, starting up or continuing, we should say, their their interest and their research into this field. This is why we have Space Force. 
it, you know, it, you, we laugh about it, you know, um, yeah. but why are we forming Space Force now? Is there, is there a threat? And then there was that, that program, ATIP, the uh, Aerial Threat Assessment Program, or, mm-hmm. um, or I, I, I'm getting the thing wrong, but That's all right. threat, threat was the word in there. Mm-hmm. So they're doing threat assessments on these encounters now with the Navy and the Air Force. Surely, though, any responsible government and security, you know, taking into account should be considering this. Because, I mean, if, if, if the aliens sort of rocked up like they did in Independence Day, uh, out of the blue, and there would be a lot of people saying, you know, complaining that... Uh, hey, our government should have done this, something about this. They should have known about this. Oh, absolutely. And I think in secret, they have been doing this all, the U.S. government has been doing this all along. But I am very curious as to why now they're admitting to it. So maybe there's clear and present danger? Uh, That may be, especially when one of their top guns is using the term act of war mm-hmm. just what we need on top of the virus alien hey, invasion. 2020 <laughs> I, I, what the I hell just, just said the other day all we need now is an alien invasion there and 2020 go. will be complete and now the plague locusts yet this year yeah, that's been around. We, yeah, out, yeah. Uh, out Midwest they had uh, oh, a the ton plague. Of yes, uh, well, plague they had squirrels. Yeah. Oh yeah, I yeah. forgot about them. Yeah. The plague squirrels and the don't forget wasps. the murder hornets. Yes. Yes. The yeah killer wasps. Yeah, yeah. One thing I did want to bring out though is is there is a correlation between uh, the ghosts and, and that. I mean, the, the Ouija board, for instance, isn't Zozo supposedly an alien is, that comes through on the Ouija board all the time? And then you had the. Uh, the um, Gulf Three Six, which was uh, Ouija board's alien started uh, on it, so there there is uh, uh, some type of correlation there all the time. And it, as Steve mentioned, a lot of mediums have their own uh, higher beings and aliens that they they uh, are their guides and so forth. Right. Yeah. Um, I I don't get into the you know, psychics communicating with uh, whoever they yep. claim from whatever star system. Um, yep. You know, uh, I my my focus is finding witnesses and interviewing them and getting all the details I can, and then correlating that information uh, where I can. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, do you think there's any? Let's, for instance, go back to the the Zozo thing. Is is do you think there's any? You know, I mean, we, we the government played with uh, remote viewing and stuff like that, and uh, uh, psychos. Uh, oh God, I can't even see kinetics or whatever it is. But uh, could this be an alien technology that? They found. Well, I don't know. It's even. You could go even to EVPs. I mean, is those possible aliens that are doing that, and not, not spirits, as as we all think? I suppose. Um, I guess anything is possible. And then, of course, there's some people who think all 
UFO and ghost phenomenon is demons. So, yeah. you know, pick 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 a, a school of thought, and uh, I'm sure it has its advocates. I suppose we also have to just just for the sake of completeness, also have to acknowledge that there is a group of people, including some eminent scientists. Uh, one of them is embarrassingly British, uh, who think. <laughs> Aliens, um, ghosts, poltergeists, demons, zombies are all um, you know, of our imagination and the people who study them and investigate them, as I say, I'm rather ashamed of these British, um, are all mad. Yeah, that, that has always been um, a, a considerable percentage, unfortunately, of, of people in charge who should know better. Um, well, I mean, this guy's, a, prof uh, this guy's a, a professor of astrophysics, and he referred, to, uh, he referred to people who look for ghosts as knobbers. <laughs> Isn't that uh, nice? <laughs> yeah, I thought so. And that's from a professor of astrophysics and, right. uh, you know, a, a vocal uh, critic of any, any uh, form of paranormal study. Even when it involves, you know, academic research into the subject. Well, yes, there are these closed little minds um, hiding behind, uh, you know, big PhD <laughs> titles, and uh, there always has. You know been, what they say? Big PhD, be. small mind. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Linda, I want to ask you: in your research, what is the most compelling piece of evidence that you found uh, firsthand rather than, you know, not the stuff that's on the news or in, on YouTube or Facebook. For which field? Ghosts? UFOs. UFO, my love. UFOs. The yeah. most compelling was the uh, personal uh, sighting I had uh, when I was 19. Ooh. And... Um, Long story short, it was uh, three uh, yellowish-white lights that a few of us jumped in a car and chased after, and we eventually came upon them again in this uh, state park near this lake. And the three objects, we had watched them separate, but they were coming back together and I remember saying, oh, my God, they're going to collide. And they did come together in this, like, greenish-blue blinding burst of light and became one solid object, this pulsing blue-green light, which lowered slowly onto the top of a hill. And you could just see it there pulsing. Um, well, wait a minute. I have to stop you because I, I need a little more clarification. You sure. saw light together. You said a solid object. Or did you see a solid object or you just see light? That's what I was trying to Okay. I was confused with. Right. We saw initially they were round. All we could see was this yellow-white glow or light. We couldn't, we couldn't see nuts and bolts structure. Don't okay. know if it because it was just energy or was it glowing so much we couldn't see the okay. structure Fair enough. so these three separate objects came together in what definitely looked like 
a solid object with a pulsing blue-green light. So you saw shape, then you saw edges, you saw dimensions and, and features. Yes. Could I describe it? No, but you could see it was something. You know, all I can say, it was something. Mm -hmm. It was something kind of, uh, it wasn't round. Now, you know, nobody's ever asked me that. That's interesting. Now that I'm, I'm trying to, no, no, that's, <laughs> that's excellent. It gets me thinking. I'm, I'm thinking it was kind of blockish or upright, wide cylinder looking. It, um, and with this, with the pulsing light, and uh, that was just remarkable. And I, I don't know how to explain how three objects come together and become so one like you, that. Would you like my explanation for it? Yes, I would love to hear it. Yes, it, it's alien technology because basically, uh, of course, you realize the nearest star systems, uh, habitable star systems, are. Uh, a long, long, long way off. However, if they have uh, dimensional travel, uh, then you would have these three lights that would open up a portal, and then as they combined, that would be whatever it is coming through. Oh, you know, again, no one's ever suggested that. So, so these were perhaps forms of energy coming together and they didn't come together to create the craft they opened the doorway for that's it. that's why i was asking you on it because you, you know you did say it again though you said that that these objects originally you said they were balls of light that were doing it and then you, you right. kind of referred to them as objects when they came together to make one form object so did you use that kind of loosely or did you when they were balls of light did you actually see them as objects or were they balls of light? I mean, that's... Well, I, you know, I, I guess at the time I was a, you know, 19-year-old college science student. I didn't see how a ball of energy could be flying around. So I guess I presumed at okay. the time that there had to be something solid behind it. So okay. perhaps in years later, I should not have made that presumption. But, you know, when something like that's happening, it is, you know, it is just blowing your mind. and You're trying to process what the hell am I looking at? And after the break, when we come back, I'm going to offer a different explanation that doesn't require parallel reporting through well, good time for you, and space. Steve. Good for you. Anyways, we are coming up the break, so we do have to take the break. Today's show, by the way, uh, I've lost time in my life, too. Every Wednesday, I lose two hours of my life. I'm never going to get back. <laughs> Anyways, today's show is brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts. And uh, special guest today is Linda Zimmerman, author um, investigator, TV personality. Anyways, uh, I am Steve. No, I, he is Steve. I am Ron. And you're listening to us right here on Toji Night and Pararex Radio. We'll be right back after the following messages.
Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous. As we give awards to the Parrax family. of the international edition of Ghost Chronicles. Our guest tonight is author, ghost investigator, zombie investigator, and UFO investigator, Linda Zimmerman, a lady who once surprised Ron Kolek by appearing on his television screen. (laughs) Several times. (laughs) On several different shows. (laughs) That is... That is the best introduction I have ever received. <laughs> I, I, I actually, uh, I, I, should, I was going to add a gun token. Um, looking yes, at your uh, your page, a token. What are these? Two twelve gauges. Oh no, that's an AK forty-seven. Oh my a, god, Just an AK seventy-four. Yep. I need to explain uh, that before people. No, no, no explanation. Never. That's fine. We just leave it like that. That's good. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. A bit of mystery. Speaking of <laughs> mysteries, before the break, I was somewhat surprised to hear Ron, um, Ron's explanation. Oh well, uh, give, delivered with some, with such certainty and missing conviction, uh, conviction, uh, and conviction. Uh, and well, now he's got his angels. You know, we've got to be careful. Uh, and I'd just like to uh, offer another explanation, if I may. Uh, because there is a phenomenon that's fairly well known, actually, to investigators. Uh, in fact, investigators were amongst the first to to observe it, and it's been known for several hundred years, uh, and has since been looked at by scientists who also uh, have moved towards an understanding of the phenomenon known as Earth lights, or these plasma spheres. Um, and there are accounts where they they um, depending on their polarity, according to the scientists, they can alternately oppose and detract one another, i.e. move away, come back together again, due to the uh, polarities of their magnetic fields as they change and alter. Mm-hmm. Um, now, these ball lights, which the Americans you call uh, the will-o'-the-wisp, and they, they mm-hmm. go by different names around the world, I've actually seen them in North Wales over the Burwind Mountains many, many years ago, and it, 
the color was different, but the motion and uh, was equally astounding. In fact, you know, I was I was always a bit of an aeroplane geek. Um, I, I was captivated by this this light show that I was seeing, thinking it was some sort of was it helicopter exercise? Was it something in trouble? Was it you know a distress flare being sent out by a crashing aeroplane? But then the the lights came back together, and it was only some years later when I was reading about the. Uh, it was a book by Jenny Randalls, I believe, um, and she was talking about the science behind this, this Earth-like phenomena mm-hmm. uh, that science now is beginning to get an understanding of. That would so, be very... Uh, there is another possibility there. That would be very f- true if Linda did not see it materialize into a solid object. Well, well, yeah. I'm sorry. I... I wasn't there when Linda had her experience. Oh, so, so you're going to call her a, a fabricator? No. Is that... so, we, so we only have Linda's account to go on and to presume anything um, on the basis of a radio interview is, is folly. Linda may well have seen as she described. Changed her whole life, but you're just going to poo-poo it. Okay. No. <laughs> Linda may, as, as a fellow investigator, Linda will appreciate this. As you mentioned, she, she has guns, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you take, you talk to the witness, you look at their account, and then you te- you begin to test it. Mm-hmm. And yes. in fact, it's exactly, it's exactly what you yourself did, Ron, because when Linda first told us, you said, uh, just go back and ask her to clarify a number of points. Mm-hmm. So, you know, pot, kettle, black. Yeah, whatever. Anyway. So, I, 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 yes. Just to add to that, I good, like good. the Earth-like theory if it had been localized but these lights had been seen moving uh i would estimate over probably about a 30 mile range um and the the other point point to my testimony i have i have the testimony of two of the other people with me so there are three of us who did um there is a fourth. We don't know where that person is, but my um, aliens, sure. <laughs> but yeah, um, I like the idea of these Earth lights coming together to create something, di- you know, maybe of a different color. Now, Steve, when you saw yours come together, did they change color, shape, characteristics? Yeah, I mean, when I first saw them, they were dull orange. Um, Grew brighter as they moved together. They grew more. Uh, they grew even brighter. They said the, the the essential color remained the same up until a moment or two before they combined into the one. Um, then there was a, a much more vivid white green color, I suppose. Huh. Best way to describe it. And then it faded away as it lowered itself towards the ground. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, it's it has similar characteristics, um, and now you know I, I I'm questioning. I mean, I I I'm not. I, I've got to say, I'm not 100 percent sure it was it was Earth lights because you know I I'm not offering one unproven you know an idea that we haven't yet proven Earth lights. They're they're a yeah. theory that science is adopting. Sort of like ley lines. Mm. No. Um, there are theories like like ball lightning. You know, 
Ball Lightning was one of those things that nobody nobody really believed in, and you know everybody thought it was uh, a poor explanation until was it only five or six years ago? A Japanese scientist managed to actually um, demonstrate the phenomena in a controlled way. So the, the idea of Earth lights uh, is convenient. It's convenient for some uh, investigators. It's convenient for some skeptics. Mm-hmm. But so that, that actually that actually brings us on to our next subject, which I wanted to talk about: bad science. Ah, yes, dear, near and dear to my heart. I knew you'd like it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for asking about it. Um, my bad science book came about because um, I've been an amateur astronomer since I was a little kid, and. Whatever I do, I love to learn the history of it. And there is so much bad astronomy, you know, the, the idea that uh, all the stars and planets were attached to spheres and there were gears that, you know, cranked the universe and uh, people living on the sun, um, just thousands, millennia of nonsense so I had originally uh, put this all together in a book called Bad Astronomy, but then I couldn't help myself and I had <laughs> to go into chemistry and biology and all the other all the other fields, medicine, and that's how bad science was born. Is that still available, so, by the way? You, well, I was going to say, do you think the Earth is really flat then? No, no. People too. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yes, the book is still available on Amazon, I believe. Uh, it, it, well, definitely in paperback. I think it's also available as a Kindle. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that was one of the most enjoyable projects because, um, you know, I, I have to poke fun at all of these theories. And, you know, so I get and the book actually won a humor award. Um, and people are like, wait a minute, you got a humor award for the history of science? And I said, well, if you knew the history of science, <laughs> you basically know what a joke it is. But is, is that it's a book kind I look forward to reading because, uh, well, just before we went on air, I ordered the Kindle edition. So there we are. Of bad science. Yeah. Oh, well, Any lovely. book with a title, for me, a book with a title like bad science, I mean, it's, 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 it's clickbait. I'm going to buy it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so uh, one, one thing I did want to mention, if, if people want to find out more about Linda Zimmerman, how could they do that? Uh, well, they can go to my website, and there's a lot of information up there. That is gotozim.com, G-O-T-O-Z-I-M.com. And if you think you know what I do, I think you'll be surprised. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute, she does that too, and that too. Um, I just, I, I just love all the different things I do. You know, from serious Civil War history to writing zombie novels to, you know, decades of ghost stories. Don't forget and, the AK forty-seven. And the AK. Cool. Now yeah. I do have cool. to explain that. All right, we'll let you. We'll let you. No, not before. Before you explain the AK-47, I want to know what it's like to work with Dan Ackland. Well, I wish I could tell you. Yeah, you got to read the whole thing, Steve. You just pick the name out and 
no, I, I would I would have loved to have worked with Dan Aykroyd, but when um, I was doing my commentary on Hotel Paranormal, uh, he was not there. So um, th- there is the illusion that he and I work together. Uh, we're on the I same demanded, show. I demanded him on set. He was an executive producer, for heaven's sake. I, <laughs> well, uh, had I known. Um, yeah, he's so. a producer here now. You should have you just dug your <laughs> I only want green M&Ms. That's yeah, right. No. I'm <laughs> outraged. Where is he? <laughs> well, we were supposed to, we were supposed to film a second season uh, before COVID hit. So hopefully we will still be doing that, and I will demand that Dan greet me in presence. Dan, if you if you're listening to this podcast, this lady totes an AK-47. <laughs> Pick up the phone when she calls. And if you and if you don't, I will pour out my vodka from my crystal skull bottle and dump it down the drain. There you go. Actually, no. I, actually, I realized we've got a better better threat. Forget the AK-47, Dan. We'll send Dylan. Yeah, anyway, so we, you want to explain it? Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna let you. AK forty sevens. How okay. did that come about? So when I decided to write my first zombie novel, I had fired shotguns and handguns, just target practice uh, here and there when I was younger, and I realized if I wanted to write about people firing weapons like AK forty sevens. I needed to know what that was like. So the uh, New Hampshire, which, uh, for those of you who don't know, is called Land of the Free, Live Free or Die State. There was a man there. He had a business called Machine Gun Safari. And what you did is you drove to this uh, vacant area out in the woods, and he pulls up his truck opens up the back and it was a candy store of automatic weapons and i got to fire a thompson submachine gun oh, and uzi and and you name it and so i was able to take all that that knowledge and the sore shoulder and, <laughs> and translate it into the book and the first uh science fiction convention I did selling this book a uh, firearms instructor bought it and he said I'm going to be back tomorrow and if you didn't get the firearms right I'm going to let you know about it (laughs) I saw him the next day he's walking down the hall and I'm like I think I was my palms were actually sweating like oh no and he comes and he's like great choice of handguns for the heroine and you really nailed it with the with this firearm and that firearm so that's how that picture of me with a automatic weapon on each hip came into being and um it's it's all my obsession with if you're going to write about something mm-hmm. learn as much as you can about it can I just inquire whereabouts or how far into New Hampshire is this uh, this uh, cornucopia of guns? <laughs> well, uh, this was several years ago. I don't know if he's still in business, but it was... Um, is it a long drive from Hampton Beach? 
where is Hampton Beach on yeah, the coast? Yeah, there you go. He doesn't know. <laughs> uh, it was about mid-state. On, on a on a sad note, uh, not too many years. Day out for Ron. Ron yeah, Garnett. not too many years ago. Uh, I don't know if it's the same guy or not, but they they did have this where uh, this father brought her his 12-year-old daughter to shoot one of these guns, and uh, she killed the instructor. Uh, she couldn't handle the uh, recoil from it, and it brought Really? That's was this a true in story. New Hampshire? Yes, it was. Absolutely true story. Oh, I have to look into that. Yeah. Wow. I, wow. You know, I, I don't remember the exact details. I can't remember if it was an AK-47 or a Uzi. I, I really... You know, it's been a long, a while, and uh, it, uh, yeah, he killed the instructor, the little girl, and uh, which was sad. Wow, yeah. wow, that is sad. Well, assuming it wasn't the same fella, uh, Ron, um, I think I found out uh, a nice Sunday afternoon trip out for a bit. Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> Anyways, move right along. <laughs> And, and I want to go back to your bad science because the the book, you, you know, you, you really made a lot of fun of the great thinkers of ages past. So are people in the future going to make fun of, of us uh, for our science? Abs absolutely. I believe I started the book out with a quote from um, a Roman from 2,000 years ago, which read, um, our descendants will marvel at our ignorance. And <laughs> I think that is as true today as it was 2,000 years ago. Um, look at the astrophysicist who says, you know, UFOs is, and uh, ghost things are, are just complete nonsense. Mm -hmm. um, I think he will be proven wrong. Well, I think he's proven wrong already. But hopefully we will be a little more enlightened on these subjects in generations to come. So what is, I mean, in the bad science thing, what is the, the one that really, really, that you find the most amusing? Amusing. Because uh, they're all amusing, right? Well, thank you. Um, uh, amusing and infuriating. Oh, that works. Uh, don't that, that don't work? spoil the book. But don't spo no, Tim, not too many spoilers because I haven't well, read it yet. Well, just just one, and this just one. This came to that. Um, it doesn't uh, matter. You already purchased it anyways, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe it was called the Rule of Forty that scientists and doctors came up with. That if years ago a woman wanted to have a tubal ligation, she was only allowed if her age plus the number of her children <laughs> added up to 40. Uh, I like that. <laughs> can, can you imagine? So a, a, a highly educated, you know, a woman who could be a doctor herself, <laughs> who had several, you know, three children and didn't want to have any more, if she didn't meet this formula that they had devised, she was not allowed to have a tubal ligation, and that was the science of the day. Jeez, they should have used that when they gave women the right to vote. <laughs> oh, you have just made so many enemies, Ron. <laughs> oh. One of, one of which knows how to shoot an AK-47. <laughs> exactly. 
Blade. <laughs> Moving right along to something far more interesting, <laughs> I'm sure. Is there something that, that you would like to talk about? Because we always ask all the questions, but sometimes we no, forget. No, uh, before, before, you, before you give oh. the guest free reign, to, I've got a question. Because, oh, um, oh and it's, please it's been do. bugging me. Because um, Linda is head screwed, head screwed on, um, rational um, investigator. And yet I find... That's what he says on the air. Wait till you get off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I find out an interest in zombies. Now, that... Is purely for um, fiction? Fiction. I have a great fictional interest in zombies <sighs> because uh, going really... back to when I was a kid... I remember my, I think it was my sister and I, some late night, we had the TV on. And you saw the a zombie. Original, excuse me? You saw a zombie. Uh, there, there was she saw, the original she saw you night. on her paranormal no. television show. <laughs> <laughs> was I there dead? Was, <laughs> there was the original night of the Are living you alive? dead. Yes, that's a good one. And, that, and that's how you got involved in it? And, and it just scared the heck out of me and it made a huge impression. And then when uh, the Walking Dead series began, you know, there's a lot of nonsense in zombie movies. They just oh, yeah. became unrecognizable as, as, you know, the zombies. But when Walking Dead started, I, you know, finally... Uh, we're getting back to the zombie roots. People die, they become zombies, and, and you know, that's it. And I was joking, saying that with some friends, that, you know, it's time the, the Hudson Valley, where I live, had its own zombie apocalypse. There and then go. I paused a moment, and I said, wait, that's perfect. <laughs> and so I used my science background to create the zombie-causing agent, and I used my, my Was it Corvette nineteen? I didn't know. <laughs> the um, Republican Party run. <laughs> so I uh, used my knowledge of the Hudson Valley and three zombie novels later, um I'm I'm quite happy with them. Mm -hmm. Now and I'm delighted that you're not taking the whole thing. Seriously, because, do you know, I see, I've been approached by grown adults who are equipping themselves for a zombie apocalypse. For, for, seriously. Should. Yes, oh yeah. Seriously. Yeah, I mean, these, these, I always put them in the same category as people who think that the earth is still flat and um, yes. that the, the, you know, the sun goes round us. I know uh, you've sent a group up here that, that went out in search for zombies at the, at the Bridgewater Triangle. <laughs> you see, that's that's the scary thing. One of the things that I, I always used to say is that for me, a, um, there was one aspect of uh, alien abduction that for me uh, was proof positive. There was the one, you know, what proved it beyond anything else was the fact that they always returned the abductee when they realised that they were an American. <laughs> well, wait a minute. It's just it's just like fishing, you know. You just throw them back. It's the same thing. Yeah, you throw back the duds. Oh, God, we've got an American. Chuck it back. 
I mean, it, you know, it's the same thing that happened to me with my near-death experience. You know, it's it's like, you know, oh, God, we don't want that to look back. So, unfortunately, you know, I think that that's why I live so long as I have. See, when Brits get abducted, they stay abducted. <laughs> I didn't know that. I'll have to research that. <laughs> it's because they know Doctor Who. That's all. They just drop his name and that's it. But... You know, one thing that always irritated me about the the uh, zombie movies was the Z-War there one where the zombies were, like, super fast. Yeah, no, that's you, – you don't die and become superhuman. You don't yeah. die and become faster. Nope. No. That, that, not not yeah. in my zombie world. Thank God, Linda. Thank God. Have you, Linda, have you ever seen Shaun of the Dead? Yes. I love it. Yes. That's how you deal with zombies. You throw – records at them you hit them with shovels and spades and <laughs> whatever whatever it takes yes yeah, i love because they're just they're just dumb schmucks that walk okay. very slowly around so before we were on the zombies i was going to ask you if there was something that you would like to bring up because you know that sometimes the hosts take over the show and, and there's something that you really want to say and you never get to mention it so um here's your chance kid um well, if I can stick with the UFO theme, you um, can. Mate. You can. Thank you. Um, what I am um, have jumped down the rabbit hole of animal reaction cases to UFOs. I am uh, hot and heavy into writing a book because I think this is an extremely important aspect that is often overlooked. Because animals are sensing something usually before a craft even appears. They have extreme, uncharacteristic reactions during the time these objects are around, sometimes traumatized for days or weeks afterwards. And I think it can really speak to the nature of the phenomenon. Um, could it be high-pitched frequency sounds? Yes, I'm tending towards disturbances in the magnetic field because these animals are very sensitive to magnetic fields. Think, you know, homing pigeons and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I know. Cows obviously now. aren't because they never get out of the way, do they? <laughs> the, the what? The cows obviously aren't that well aware of uh, alien craft because they never manage to get out of the way. Well, not when they're being abducted, no, but there's... No, or, <laughs> or, or mutilated. Right, but there's certainly plenty of stampedes and, and okay. acting frantic. Um, but, uh, well, maybe that one person, one researcher did suggest that's why they act so frantic because they inherently know there's danger. Oh, that did is I just win a prize? No, that is the doorbell, which means the zombies are at our door. <laughs> so uh, you, you, if you got your AK-47, I feel a lot safer now. But, uh, you know, keep those I, I, damn actually, things I, away. Yeah, we should give a prize because the guest has survived an hour. <laughs> or, may, or maybe the prize is the hour is ended. The yeah, hour that's is the ended. Prize. It's its own reward. <laughs> and we've been rewarded with the... A fabulous person, uh, Linda Zimmerman, who unfortunately I met in 2005 and have never been able to get her out of my mind. <laughs> or off your television. 
I'll try not to do any more TV shows and continue to haunt you, Ron. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, if you're going to do TV in future, Linda, at least give him a warning. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, send me a little note. Say, that's I'm fair. Be on Friday that's night. fair. <laughs> but it's it's been a pleasure talking with you. You've got a great sense of humor, uh, which really helps a lot on this show. And we do have to wrap it up right now. But uh, once again, if people wanted to get a, a hold of you, how could they do that? Find out more about uh, Linda Zimmerman? Uh, I have a ton of Facebook pages, and you can find me through my website, gotozim.com. I do have a podcast called UFO Headquarters. Ooh. If you're interested, yes, if you're interested in uh, my UFO work. I also have a podcast called Murder in the Hudson Valley where I delve into true crime. Sweet. Um, if you're interested in that. So thank you. I, I had a great time. I really did. Well, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, thank you. Let us know if you've got something new, if you go off into, I don't know, Bigfoot or uh, microbiology. Bigfoot in the Hudson Valley. There's the yeah. next book. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> Aliens in the, next, in the uh, Hudson Valley. Alien abducts Bigfoot Wait and turns him into Wait a minute. Zombies. Could be Bigfoot zombies. Bigfoot zombies. I think yes. you actually have something there. Yeah, Bigfoot zombies. We don't have enough. Oh, he's definitely. He's definitely got something, Linda. We're oh, just there's the tunes. We have to go. Anyways, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles International. Steve Foss and Ron Kolick. Our special guest has been Linda Zimmerman right here on Tojanet Pararex Radio. Good night and God bless everyone. Good night, God bless. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.